A while back, Sarah and I wanted to cut back on our carbon consumption. So we saw these little sandwich things at the store. We thought, maybe you've seen them too. So at first glance, we thought, hey, only 150 calories. Maybe we can see our bread addiction and lose a little weight at the same time. Well, you can't lose weight if you eat three or four of them in a day. <laughs> Plus, the ingredient list is a little scary. You got your normal ingredients, you things that should be in bread. You got whole wheat flour and a bunch of B vitamins, yeast, and the like. And then you got some scary looking preservatives calcium propionate, sorbic acid, then some monoglycerides, cellulose gum, xanthan gum, and soy lecithin. Probably harmless, but unsettling. Those ingredients look more at home in a lab than in my food. We know that the American diet is poison. It's delicious, but it's poison. Hamburgers and french fries, pizza, foot-long subs, ice cream, pop. Most of these foods are loaded not only with salt, sugar, and fat, but with all kinds of other unpronounceable ingredients. So when Jesus talks about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, my first thought was, it can't be more disgusting than what we already eat. That joke didn't land at the first service either. A little bit. So last week we heard about two healings that Jesus did, one up north in Cana and one down south in Jerusalem. These healings gave these two men power to live a new kind of life. So Jesus now returns north. If you know the Gospel of John, Jesus is going, always going back and forth, back and forth between Galilee in the north and Judea in the south. He's always on the move. A large crowd follows Jesus, seeing the healings he has done. Jesus receives a boy's lunch, a couple of fish, five loaves, and distributes them among 5,000 people. They're so impressed by this that they decide to make him king by force. He's their meal ticket after all. But he goes to the other side of the lake. He doesn't go by boat either. He his disciples go by boat, and then he goes by foot to the other side of the lake, scaring them a bit. But the crowd eventually figures out that he's gone to the other side, so they follow him. They follow him to the other side. And Jesus makes this a teaching moment. They've had their immediate needs met, a feast of bread and fish. But this sign, like all the signs, points to so much more. Every sign in John's Gospel points to life. The abundance of wine in Cana, the healing of a boy, the healing of an older man, the feast of loaves and fish, walking on water amidst the storm. All these point to true abundance and true peace found in Jesus. So when Jesus says that he is the bread of life, he is inviting us to receive him. And in receiving him, we receive real life. We desperately need this kind of life that Jesus offers. In the, in the 19th century, there was a French lawyer, politician, and food critic who penned an early version of a famous aphorism. Tell me what you eat. And I will tell you what you are. 
In the literal sense, we are indeed what we eat. The molecules that make up our food make us up too. However, it's true in another sense too, a more holistic sense, a sense that goes beyond the physical. Tell me what you consume, and I will tell you what you are. American culture is built on consumption. From what we buy, to what we read, to what we watch, all these things have a direct bearing on the kind of people we are. What are we reading on social media feeds? Where does our news come from? What was your last purchase on Amazon? What books have you read lately? What kind of car are you driving? We'd like to think that there's a clean break between what we consume and the kind of person we are, but there really isn't. Our things, what we consume, becomes part of us. It might get to the point where we are defined by what we consume. Chuck Pollard puts it best in Fight Club, the things you own end up owning you. That's not much of a life at all. Life tethered to the anxieties of the American marketplace, whether material or virtual, is a life lived at the mercy of the marketplace's whims. Perhaps that's a bit more than what Jesus intended, but even in his time, people were very much influenced by what they consumed, by what they believed and propagated about other peoples, by what they believed about themselves, then, as now, there were sharp divisions among peoples, states, tribes. You had Jews and, and Jews and Samaritans, Sadducees and Pharisees. You had uh, Romans and Jews, Romans and barbarians. One's identity was built on who you were versus everyone else, on your superiority to others. Not much has changed in 2,000 years, has it? It's just the ease of transmitting that kind of prejudice. In contrast to all this kind of, all this consumption, Jesus tells the crowd and us to consume him. That in consuming him, in hearing his word, receiving his body and blood and sacrament, conforming our lives to his, we no longer need to be ruled by our impulses to consume more and more and more. That all this stuff we've ingested doesn't have to define us anymore. Ideology, political allegiances, news sources, social media, consumer goods, addictions, none of these things have to rule us. We consume those things and we will always be left wanting more. And indeed, we do need to consume some. We are human after all, and we need to eat. But it doesn't satisfy. Jesus satisfies. Jesus is the bread that provides sustenance for the genuine good life, a life that is far more than what we consume. Eternal life, life lived according to God's ways and God's values, that life begins now and continues forever. Even death can't destroy that kind of life. Because even though we die, we have this promise from Jesus, repeated four times in our gospel reading. We will be raised up on the last day.
that has totally lost its power. Let me leave you with this. There's bread and wine here today. Every week we come to receive the Lord. It can be almost automatic. We don't always think about it. I don't always think about the gravity of what I'm doing when I distribute the elements to you. After all, I've done it so many times before, and after all, you've probably received elements so many times before. But what we do here is all about receiving real life. With unsuing bread and wine, we receive Jesus, and we begin to become what we eat. Our lives are transformed in Christ's image so that we can be who God made us to be. Real people, redeemed people, so much more than what we consume. Let's pray. Lord God, in a world filled with spiritual junk food, your Son gave us Himself to be our sustenance. As we receive Him, may we become like Him, transformed into holy people. In His name we pray.